Our sermon text for this All Saints Sunday is from the book of Revelation, the seventh chapter. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne of the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and all the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these robed in white and where have they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. And then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason they are before the throne of God and they worship Him day and night in His temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more and the sun will not strike will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes the word of the Lord today is the Sunday in the Christian year we call All Saints Sunday uh, most of you know that All Saints Day comes on the day after what we call Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. But we tend to celebrate it as Protestants on this day. It hadn't been all that long ago that you would have to have been very careful as a Protestant to talk about saints in the context of the church. It might have been considered dangerous because we were still caught up in some of that Reformation mythology and we might sound <clears throat> too Catholic if we said it. In fact, I would venture to guess that there are probably only two churches in Colonial Heights that are doing anything with this this morning. And that's us and the Episcopal Church across the way. Now, maybe somebody else is. I don't know. But that would be my guess. So why do we, why do we remember All Saints Sunday? Well, we do it because we've begun to reclaim a central part of Christianity. In recognition that when the New Testament speaks of saints, and it does so 84 times, that it's using that term in precisely the same way we use the term believers. All Christians are, by definition, believers, and thus all Christians are called to be saints. You, you remember that, right? You remember that's a part of who we're supposed to be? And more than that, in the ancient language of the church, we often speak of the church militant. That's the church all around us. And the church triumphant. Those saints and a host of others who have gone on ahead of us. And yet we still have the image of a saint as somebody 
usually long dead, who is somehow especially virtuous. We not only need to get over that image, we also need to understand the importance of these saints who have surrounded us because in many ways we are products of those folk. Here in the United States, we love the legend of made person. Oh, we just love it. But you know what? It's a lie. It's a lie of the first order. No such person ever existed, and it never could happen in the faith. We are those who stand in a long line of believers. Who told you about Jesus? It didn't come to you by yourself. Somebody had to tell you. Somebody, our four parents, fathers and mothers in the faith, we're all products of those who went before us, who informed us, who taught us, who led us. You see, as we attempt to live the Christian life, we don't live it alone. We do it in the middle of community. We do it in the midst, yes, of the very Spirit of God around us with the Bible and the church to guide us, but we also do it living in the middle of saints. Some of them sit beside you. Some of them are those who have transcended. Does it sound too mysterious for you? Does it sound mystical? You don't think those long dead have an impact on your life? Well, I submit that on a purely logical basis, if you think that, then that means you've probably not read very many books You've not studied much history or theology or ethics or really much of anything else. For in truth, we are constantly being influenced by those remarkable people, especially the ones we call saints, who went ahead of us. This is a Sunday when we celebrate All Saints Day. A festival when we give thanks to God for those who have come before us. But in a way, all Sundays are all saints. Whenever you sing a song or a hymn, whenever you read from Scripture, whenever someone prays or preaches, we're doing so with the saints. We are dependent upon those who go before. They give us the stories and the words and they teach us the tunes and all the rest that make faith possible. Ever so often somebody will say to me, where do you get the ideas or the stories that you put into sermons? And I always laugh and say, well, I only steal from the best sources. And that's what I really mean because the truth is I don't have a clue where I get most of the stuff I use. I read it someplace. Who knows where I got it? Sometimes if I know, I actually put in notes in these things called sermons, but you don't see them. It's just to remind me. One of the reasons I will not and never have published anything is that I want to be very careful about not plagiarizing. And I don't know where it all came from. It came from those who went before. 
But here in the church, so often we are obsessed, like the rest of our culture, with the new, the improved model, the better. And not only do we want to make it better, we want to forget all the stuff that came before. A few years back, there was an American theologian who wrote a book, and he entitled it, Why the Church Must Change or Die. Pretty dramatic stuff, isn't it? Poor old church, out of step, discordant with the, with the times. People are always accusing us of being old-fashioned and antiquated. Many want us to change to more nearly reflect the culture around us. And maybe you can see the point. You know, we preachers, at least in formal settings, wear something. I'm not wearing one now, but upstairs I'll put on a robe. It goes back to the Middle Ages. Our music, even down here in this service, is not part of the top ten you'll hear on the stations. And contrary to what folklore tells you, Charles and John Wesley did not get their tunes all from the bar tunes of the day. And the Bible, of course, is a very old book with lots of old ideas. Now, I will admit I have been somewhat chagrined about the seven last words of a dying church. You remember what that is, don't you? But we never did it that way before. But sometimes traditionalism gets in the way. A friend of mine once said, the problem with the church is we're like the Titanic. We go around nailing down the candy wrappers while the ship is sinking. And it's pretty obvious what she meant by that. What she means is we major in minors. We act as if the culture we now know of the church is the way it's always been. But of course it's not. God is the one who comes with a gospel that doesn't change but demands that we change. Now hear me well. We don't need no old-time religion. That is not what I'm talking about. No, what we need is a recognition that the gospel of Jesus Christ transcends every culture in every day. And that was true in the 15th century when the Reformation started, and it was true in the 19th and the 20th, and now in the 21st. Yes, we ostify and petrify and die because we keep trying to do religion like our grandparents did it, when what we really need to be doing is forget about religion and get on with what the gospel tells us God's doing now, today. So on All Saints Sunday, we celebrate a time in the church when we get to give thanks to God for all those folks who went ahead of us. But you know, it also takes some disclaimer because I promise you not one of them was perfect. Not one of them had it all figured out. They made lots of mistakes, but they lived to the best of their ability the faith as they knew it then. They're the ones who were to make sure we got baptized. 
they're the ones who remembered to make sure we learned some of the stories and some of the songs and some of the deeper traditions of faith. Today's lesson from the book of Revelation, that last book in the Bible, of course, speaks about the great multitudes so large no one can count them, and they sing before the throne of the Lamb forever. Who are these? John tells us that they're the ones who have passed through this ordeal we call life. But they kept on believing and witnessing and giving even when life got rough. And now they rest from their labors. We are a part of a 2,000 year line of the saints. John Calvin, often referred to as our foreparent in the faith, certainly one of the founders of what we would call the Presbyterian Church, says that when we come to the Lord's table and we ask, where is Jesus in this? Calvin says, we are lifted before the very throne of grace and there Christ is. We're part of that great cloud of witnesses. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the saints. Those who told me about Jesus, who put up with me in Sunday school, who told me the stories, who taught me in the classes in college and in seminary, who put up with me when I was confused. And you wouldn't either. So here's a partial list of the ones I can think of. Some of them have formal names, like mom and dad. <laughs> You remember that? But others I remember by their baptized names. I remember the Davids and the Vans and the Ednas and the Bills and the Shirleys and the Wades and the Ed and the June. Or if you want to go back a little further, we remember the Johns and the Martins and the Thomases and the Augustans, and the Peters, and the Pauls, and the Marys, and the Marthas. Who's your list? You have it. You're invited today to stand in the line of the saints, remember your baptism, come to this holy table, and be renewed. It's a day to give thanks. It's a day to remember that you are a part of this great cloud of witnesses. And it may well be that the only Bible some folks are going to see is you. Somebody's watching. Are you living out your life like a saint? So today we come and we give thanks to God for that great cloud of witnesses in whose ranks we march. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.